0: Hello everybody. It is so fun to be in this room. My name is Rachel. Um, I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from disordered eating, control, and codependency. And I'm going to pray before I share. Um, Heavenly Father, just thank you for who you are, Um, the grace that you've extended to us by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, Um, a death that we deserved but didn't have to die. And so, Lord, thank you just for the work that you've done in my heart. Um, I pray that in these next few minutes that I'm sharing all the things that you've done in my life, God, that you would just help me to not be anxious or nervous um, or speak anything, God, that would be not from you. And so I ask that your message would um, be heard tonight um, and that we would fall more in love with you, reflecting on the way that you intervene in broken people's lives. So we love you. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Okay, so before recovery in Christ, I had a really incorrect perception of who God was. I grew up in a Christian home, but I always viewed God as just this impersonal um, higher being um, who loves everybody and sent his son to die for everyone. So therefore, he didn't specifically love and pursue me. Um, I was just one in the millions that Jesus died for. When I was in junior high, I had a really good friend invite me to a church camp. And it was there for the first time I ever heard the gospel presented as a relationship with Jesus. Um, That there was nothing that I could do, good or bad, right or wrong, to earn my way to heaven. But it was only my belief and understanding of what the gospel was. Um, That's the only way that I could have a relationship with Christ. Um, and I remember the question, um, the speaker was preaching out of Mark 8, and that's when Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Um, and that question really haunted me because I was like, well, I feel like I've heard all these things about God, being in church and growing up, um, like in kids' ministry, you hear all these stories about who Jesus is. Um, but I had never thought for myself, who do I really say that God is and how is he working in my life? And so that was the moment that I really believe that Jesus um, was the one true God, fully man, fully God who died on the cross for me, um, and that if I believe in him, that I could have eternal life. And so I started following Christ at that age, but I didn't really understand fully what it meant to go all in with Christ or how to allow Jesus to fully transform every part of my life. So like a lot of high school students, um, I cared a lot about what other people thought of me, specifically boys. And so, um, man, a lot of my attention and, and brain power went to receive, how could I get the attention and affection of other men? Um, and so, was in a relationship for four years, so 14 to 18, all four years of high school, um, and it compromised my purity in every single way and completely hid my sin and so was still involved in the church and um, would have said that I was a believer, and I, I think I really was, um, but didn't understand what it looked like to confess my sin and walk in the light and walk with community. Um, and just like what Psalm 32 says, when I hid my sin, my bones wasted away. And so that's kind of where I felt like I was. Um, I was ashamed of my relationship and the impurity that I was living in, I felt stuck in my sin, and I hated myself. And so it was around this time that I started developing um, disordered eating patterns, kind of as my way to cope and, and just diving. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm living in sin, I'm just a lot more prone to other sin in my life. And so started restricting my food um, and just walking down a dark, lonely path um, of disordered eating and controlling and managing my appearance um, in order to gain the approval and love from other people. Um, And I had lots of uh, women in my life that were small group leaders who cared about me and loved me and asked me questions about how I was doing, and I just lied. So I was like, if they really knew what was going on, um, there's no way that they could love me or accept me the way that I was. And so um, this pattern continued for years, even into college, um, of disordered eating, um, restricting my food, feeling shame about what I ate, having multiple relationships with guys that were just codependent, where all my attention was on them and gaining their a- approval of me. Um, I even followed um, the career to become a dietitian because I was very obsessed with wellness and nutrition, and I remember working in the hospital. Um, and there was a moment that I, I was working with a patient who was really sick and had lost a lot of weight and had a moment where I was like, wow, in this sick, fleshy part of my heart, I'm envious that there's somebody that can lose weight and for some reason I can't seem to lose weight. Um, and that person had a body who was sick. And that was a moment where I was like, I think that this is a problem in my life that I, I need to tell somebody about. Um, And so I moved to Dallas and um, started coming to Watermark as part of the residency program. And remember, there was a woman um, who served on the student ministry team. And I just remember one time confessing everything to her. I was like, I've never told anybody that I've struggled with um, disordered eating. I was like, I don't know what to do. And she encouraged me to do regeneration. And so I remember the first few weeks of groundwork, Um, because I grew up in the church, and I would have said that I was an abiding, growing believer. I was like, oh, I know all this, right? I know how to have a relationship with Jesus, and kind of rolled my eyes at the curriculum. But I remember there was one question, um, probably in the first three weeks or so of groundwork, and it says, what do you think that God thinks about you? And I remember sitting there and... um, You know, if you're honestly answering your homework, you can't just put the Christian answer for everything. So I remember being stuck on that for a long time. I'm like, I don't know what he thinks of me. And really wrestling with that and um, talking with girls in my community about that question and why it was so hard for me to come up with a real honest answer. And then after them pressing in and pressing in, I remember they asked me, well, come on, what do you really think? I was like, I guess I just don't think that God thinks about me. And that was the root belief um, that had been with me for all of my life, that God was impersonal, that he couldn't really specifically think of my name, of me, that he didn't really create me as a masterpiece that he says in Ephesians 2.10, created with purpose to do good works he's planned for us. There's no way that that was actually me. You know, it's applicable to everybody else, but not for myself. Um, And that was a really huge moment. For me to just sit there and go, "Oh, Lord, I missed it. God, I confess that I'm not believing that what your word says is true, and that who you are is true and who I am because I'm in Christ is true. Um, and then I remember walking through inventory, where you know where you write down all your sin and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so broken and depraved." Um, and just remember thinking, "Wow, Lord, I need you." And I've been spending my whole life trying to manage my world and make it look perfect and manage information that people know about me and hiding things about me and um, altering my appearance for the approval of others. And I need you desperately. And I remember sitting and confessing with other girls in my life, um, all of those things. And then for the first time in my life, God used his people to show me that I could be fully known fully exposed and fully loved and accepted just the way that I was and that Jesus died on the cross for us while we were still sinners and loved me while I was still in my sin. And so after Regen, you know, you're never really done with regeneration, um, constantly being sanctified, which I'm sure you've heard that before. Um, Man, I still, I turn back to that curriculum and those two questions of who do you say I am and um, what do I think that God thinks about me all the time as just a check of where my heart's at and if I'm really believing that what God's word says is true um, and I'm desperately dependent on his word and to hide it into my heart, to know that he's created my body as a temple um, to steward and not to hurt or harm, um, that I can trust him, that he is sovereign and Lord over my life Um, but of course there are still seasons for the rest of our lives that we feel out of control. So I got married maybe six months ago. Well, not quite six months ago, and I shouldn't say maybe. I shouldn't know how long I've been married. Um, And after about a few months, my husband and I found out that we were pregnant, which was a surprise to us. Um, And I felt really out of control. I felt, you know, pregnancy does things to your body that you're like, wow, don't love that. Um, And just... After about nine weeks, we found out that we had a miscarriage. And just in that season of walking through, um, not feeling in control at all, um, and I was so grateful of the foundation that God had laid in my heart through regeneration to learn who God was, um, that he's in control no matter what, um, that he loves me and has numbered my days just like he loves and has numbered the days of that little life that I got to steward for nine weeks, um, even in loss. And so now I have the really sweet opportunity um, to talk with junior high and high school students who struggle with the same things as me, wanting accepting, acceptance, caring about what, how they look, um, caring about social media, comparison. And it's really just amazing to me that God would allow me to do what I'm doing um, and just such a, and, like, it amazes me. I don't even have words for it. Um, that God has redeemed my life so much from out of the pit that now I'm speaking to girls that were in my, in my stage of life and getting to say, man, that's not where life is found. Life is only found in a relationship with Christ, a fully devoted, um, wonderful relationship with Jesus. And so one thing that I've really learned throughout all of region is that when my number one concern is falling more in love with Jesus and confessing my sin and finding forgiveness in what he's already done on the cross, then I start to look more like him. And my hope is for the rest of my life and that I would just fall more in love with him every single day. So thank you for letting me share tonight. <laughs>